Hello, hello, hello. I am your Rachel Maddow, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. Goosebumps. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned-out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara especially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there and welcome back, folks. So once again, I am your hostess with the mostest Munoz. And y'all, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy week. First and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you out there who have watched Easy Bake Battle on Netflix, have sent me all these lovely messages, have reached out, showing me all this love. We are top 10 on Netflix, y'all. That's, it's been a wild, wild ride and something that I I never could have expected or dreamed of. And I would change nothing. I had a blast. I had a blast. I had a blast. My episode is epic. Um, and if you haven't seen it, and if you're new here to In Your Mouth, I recently, or I should say, Netflix recently dropped a cooking competition show called Easy Bake Battle that is now on their top 10 list in U.S. and Latin America, I think. And it's hosted by the one and only Queer Eyes, Anthony Porowski. And your girl, Munoz, is gives you a full show and a showdown. And it was everything. And I just can't thank you for all of your love. To those of you out there that I met at New York Wine and Food Festival this weekend that showed me all the love, shout out to you. It was it was an insane week, like I said, and it was full of love and it just keeps coming in and I'm overwhelmed and now I'm here. Like we're, we're every day I'm hustling, right? There is no, no rest for the weary for sure. Other than that, other great things that ha- are happening is Amazon Music is still shouting your girl out. I mean, I am blessed and highly favored this month, y'all. So if you're not listening via Amazon Music, maybe you should. Turn that little device on in your shower and listen to me 
Shout out to Amazon Music for all the love as well. It's a beautiful day here in New York, and I want to get to the getting on because my guest today is super, super special, and I'm really excited to have her here, you know, to celebrate her because, you know what, I I need a break from celebrating me this week. (laughs) So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only, Jane Velez Mitchell. Say hi. Hi. So great to be here, Michael. Oh my God. So great to have you. And I, and I live for the, I live for the newscaster voice already. (laughs) We've got some breaking news just into our newsroom. (laughs) How are you, my love? How are you? I am happy, joyous and free uh, doing what I really feel is my life's work with Unchained TV, which is a global streaming network to promote the plant-based lifestyle. We're, we are, we're going to get there. We are going to get there. But I, I love a branding moment right from the top. <laughs> we are here to celebrate you. This, uh, this episode is all about you. But before we get to the getting on, I got to do what I got to do. And in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth, Jane, I need to wish you happy National Seafood Bisque Day. Well, you know, now we can do seafood without fish. I'm going to have some crab cakes for lunch that have no crabs in them, but they taste like crab cakes. Yes. Um, you know what? I used to make a vegan crab cake. Um, in your mouth, listeners, if you haven't guessed already, Jane is uh, vegan, 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 and we stand. We stand the lifestyle. But I used to make these vegan crab cakes. I think it was a food and wine recipe or maybe a Bon Appetit recipe that used hearts of palm and corn. Mm -hmm. And they were the most delicious, delicious thing, right? Absolutely delicious. Like we can have the delicious food and we just use a little creativity and imagination to give that seafood taste. We use nori and we crumble it in there and you can actually make it as fishy as you want or as non-fishy as you want. And they're absolutely delicious. So there are workarounds for everything. And uh, it's not a sacrifice. It's an adventure. So Unchained TV is a portal to a whole new way of living that doesn't involve killing. I uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, who knew who knew National Seafood Bisque Day was so, you know, controversial? (laughs) It is. It is controversial because we're in a climate crisis and our oceans are dying from overfishing. So, yeah, Yeah, uh, it is controversial. We're going to get to that, too, a little later on in the pod. But Uh, no matter what you celebrate out there, and the last, actually, the last time I had some sort of seafood bisque, it was not from someplace respectable, and I got, I think it was the last time I had food poisoning. So we're just going to move on from this day because it's not my favorite. But whether you celebrate seafood bisque or enjoying an alternative seafood lifestyle we celebrate you on this day and jane moving right along to this day in gay history did you know that 1955 the daughters of belitis the first american organization specifically for lesbians is founded in san francisco Woo, I love it. Fifty-five. Yeah, uh, and that is a very uh, special year for me. We don't need to discuss why. 
But, um, you know, I'm happy to say I was one of the first uh, TV journalists to come out, Uh, came out uh, on KBC radio. We were talking about Senator Larry Craig's toe tapping incident at the Minneapolis St. Paul Airport. And I happened to be with a log cabin Republican co-hosting that day. And uh, that's a conservative Republican gay uh, host. And he was talking about his coming out story. And I started to feel very hypocritical. And so during the commercial break, I said, you know, I'm feeling hypocritical. Here we are basically taking this guy to task for two hours for being a hypocrite. And I haven't revealed that. I'm gay and I live with a woman. So I called my girlfriend at the time. I said, turn on KBC radio. I'm going to come out. And, uh, you know, I I just came out on the radio and the most shocking thing happened. Which was? Nobody cared. (laughs) What year was this? All my fears. Oh, my gosh. This was about, I think, well, whenever the Larry Craig scandal was, I think it was about 2006-ish, right in that area. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing was all those fears for all those years. Sure, there was a, there was a little bit of gossip. 2007. Yeah, 2007. 2007. Yeah, uh, there was a little bit of gossip for a couple of weeks but uh, where I worked, but nothing vicious, nothing nasty. And, you know, my family supported me. My mother, who was the last of the vaudeville, said, she said, darling, when I was with Xavier Cugat, we were all like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have started off this podcast with a bang. And now I don't even have to ask you about your coming out a little later on. And I love it. So listen, we we celebrate the daughters of Belitis on this day. But I really want to get to the getting on with Jane here. And in your mouth, listeners, if you don't know, but you you about to know, Jane Velez Mitchell is a journalist, vegan activist, media mogul, and the founder and managing editor of Unchained TV, a free streaming television network available for download as an app on iPhone, Android phone, and via Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV device, and on LG and Samsung smart TVs. Unchained offers hundreds of free documentaries, cooking shows, news updates, talk shows, and music videos, all with a focus on a compassionate, plant-based lifestyle to combat to combat the climate crisis, improve human health, reduce world hunger, and animal suffering. She has won multiple awards for her reporting on animal issues and for her activism in advocating for animal rights. Prior to founding Unchained TV, she hosted her own show on HLN, CNN, Headline News. Jane also reported for the nationally syndicated Warner Brothers telepictures show Celebrity Justice and has had a long, illustrious career in journalism. Jane is also a New York Times bestselling author as well as an award-winning documentarian. I mean, what can't she do, people? What can't she do? (laughs) And first and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for giving me time out of your very busy schedule to come here uh, because I am really honored to have you on my podcast my my little big gay food podcast and i'm really excited to have this conversation with you so thank you so much for being here well thank you for having me because it's a very important conversation you've got a lot of foodies who listen to you and those are the folks we need to reach because food isn't just a personal choice it's also a moral choice it's an environmental choice it's a political choice so what 
we talk about is food colonialism. Do you know that cows and pigs are not even indigenous to the Americas? Uh, the first cow came over on Columbus's second voyage. The first pig came over uh, with a Spanish conquistador in 1536. So uh, while we beat our chest to celebrate our heritage, it's not even our heritage. How do you like that? Truth yeah, bomb. I mean, we we have we have had this conversation similarly with Michael Twitty about food pathways and um and just like tracing tracing food back to uh, the enslaved folks and so on and so forth so yeah. yeah we have had that conversation and we often talk about this uh, we we talk about all aspects of food here but i what i think is really interesting about you and your journey is that you're on the other side of food you're kind of like or i'm on cuz you were here first obviously <laughs> you're an og you're an og right we're we're on this we're on this discovering food through uh through a multifaceted lens here and i want to start i usually start at the beginning of love of food and i'd like to i'd like to hear that journey for you from from the love of food and then transitioning into the activism and the veganism of it all. Take me through that journey. Well, actually, it began with my mother, who was born on Vieques, Puerto Rico, which is an island off the coast of Puerto Rico, but it's still part of the Commonwealth. And when she was a Listen, young Listen, somos familia. We are, we hey, are, we are Puerto cool. Rican family. Yeah, yes, there we full. go. I'm Puerto Rican and Irish. My dad was Irish. And my mom was uh, born in Vieques, and she had a pig as a friend, a companion animal. Pigs are smarter than dogs. They're the fifth most intelligent animal on the planet. And uh, she came home one day as a child, and they had slaughtered the pig for food, and she fainted. So when she got up, she didn't touch meat. So she came to New York at the height of the Great Depression, formed a Latin dance troupe, Anita Vela's Dancers. Her key moment, I guess, was playing the Palace Theater during the five-a-days when they had live performances in between the movies. She met my dad, who was Irish-American. Uh, his mother was just literally off the boat from Ireland, Jane Mitchell. Guess who I was named after? And uh, my mom, who was not was meatless, convinced my dad to go meatless. So we thought we were vegetarians growing up. But in fact, we were pescatarians who ate fish and cheese and eggs. But we were on the journey. We knew that hamburgers and hot dogs didn't fall from hamburger and hot dog trees. So I have my mother to thank. And um, as I grew up and went to New York University and then got jobs around the country and started becoming a journalist, I started seeing some of the horrors that we inflict on animals. And, you know, the essence of all suffering, the essence of all evil, I would say, is that some suffering doesn't count. So we're Americans. We love our dogs, cats, and horses to, to a large extent, although we're wiping them off uh, public lands for the cattle industry um, with horrifically cruel uh, roundups by the Bureau of Land Management. But you know, we like to think we're animal lovers, and yet we are all engaged in the worst mass systematized industrialized torture of animals in the history of humankind. 80 billion land animals, cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, goats, and lambs are killed every year for food, and now it's killing us. 
the pandemic. I, you don't hear the news media talking about this because the news media, basically who keeps the lights on? Meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals, which might as well be the one in the same industry because guess what? We're all being factory farmed. They need us to eat this food so we get sick so then they can sell us all the pills. All right, so we know that one out of every four people dies of heart disease and uh, heart disease is the artery to the heart getting clogged. And that comes from plaque and plaque comes from cholesterol and cholesterol comes from animal products. You can go up and down the supermarket aisles. There is zero cholesterol in any animal product. You could look at the Beyond Meat Burger, the Impossible Burger, whatever you want to look at. There's zero cholesterol. So it's not just the heart, though. It's systemic throughout the body. Erectile dysfunction yeah. is a precursor of heart disease. The vessels in that part of the body are smaller. Okay. And when you think about it, have you noticed the rise in dementia and Alzheimer's? Okay, well, there are vessels in the brain too. Okay, so what, what's happening is we are fiercely defending our right to make ourselves sick, destroy the planet, contribute to human world hunger because animals are eating a huge percentage of the food could, who, that could go to starving children in Somalia and Afghanistan and Pakistan and other parts of the world right now, because it takes, whether it's two, eight to 25 pounds of grain to make one pound of steak, depending, that food could have gone directly to children who have distended stomachs and sunken cheeks because they are dying of hunger right now. We so could live in a world a of natural question. abundance where everybody has enough to eat. Yeah, let me let me ask you a question here. And this is this is why I'm so happy to have you on this podcast because you are somebody who has had a long career in this medium. You uh, like you are an expert in this medium and it's not like you're a stranger to to the facts and, and journalism and researching. Obviously, you know your stuff. What what would you say to the naysayers out there then in the sense of, you know, you're providing facts and facts and facts and facts. And, you know, there's a lot of people out here who are probably like, oh, here we go again. Here's this person who's like, oh, oh, my God, it's killing. And yes, we've heard it. And yes, we can't afford it. Or yes, it's this. It's like what's or maybe what's the key? What's the key to change? Right. Or what's the key to turning people's minds on to this? I think that's an excellent question, and I ponder it all the time. I think it's a different answer for different people. So I will say this. I'm 27 years sober. I'm a recovering alcoholic. You know, as they say, once a pickle, never again a cucumber, to use a vegetable analogy since this is a food show. Um, yeah. But what I would say is <clears throat> when I was in my disease, right, as that telling myself, well, I'm just a hard-drinking journalist and this comes with a territory. I had all sorts of rationalizations. And sometimes people would say, you know, you've had too much or maybe you should cut back. And I was very fiercely against it. I was uh, in a defense mechanism situation because I thought, oh my gosh, if I get sober, my life's going to be over. I'll never go to a party. I'll never have fun. I'll never go out and watch the beach, uh, the sunset at the beach. I'll never have uh, fun after skiing with apres ski. I had all these thoughts in my head. Well, guess what? None of them were correct. I still go out to parties. I was at a gala last night having a good old time. And uh, I still go to the beach and watch the sunset. 
All of that was projection that I projected onto the situation. And of course, I can easily say that my worst day sober is better than my best day drunk. Uh, It was a gift. This is what I'll say to people about the plant-based lifestyle. You know, you go through this portal and all of a sudden it's like you're reborn, not in a religious sense, but in an attitudinal sense where you get to look at everything with a new set of glasses and you start realizing, wow, this isn't a sacrifice. I still go to parties. I still go to dinner parties. I still make food at home. And it's even more interesting. We uh, at Unchained TV, before we launched the streaming network, we used to use Facebook Uh, We still do, but we had a daily vegan cooking show called Lunch Break Live for something like five years. We never really repeated a recipe, not out of choice, because we just said, here, do whatever you want, because there's so much versatility and variety in plant-based cooking. Let's face it, we only eat approximately six animals, cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, goats, and lambs. There are tens of thousands of fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, and legumes that can be arrayed in an infinite Uh, number of combinations. So now that we're also providing people with basically plant-based replicas of their comfort food, there's really no sacrifice involved, but there's a tremendous payoff. There's first of all, the great feeling to know that, hey, because I'm living today, nobody had to die. And, And the truth is that this is not our heritage, as I mentioned about the cows and the pigs not being indigenous to the Americas. Um, Also, Historically, if you go back to our great-grandparents' diet, they didn't eat this way. They didn't have fast food, okay? They actually cooked up fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains, and they had maybe a garnish of a piece of meat. So this whole meat, meat, meat is a very relatively new phenomenon. And uh, let's face it, most people are consuming a lot of their meat through fast food, which is clearly bad for us. They figured out that the human body craves sugar, salt, and fat, They've packed those things with sugar, salt, and fat, and it's addictive. I wrote a book called Addict Nation. We're living in an addictogenic culture because there's no better customer than an addict. That customer will come back over and over. And we know that with a drug dealer, but we don't realize that we've got a new a new form of addiction. We live in an upside down world. Look at the TV commercials. You know, ask your doctor about blah, blah, blah. That's not how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to go to the doctor. They're supposed to tell you what is wrong with you and what you need. You're not supposed to go to your doctor like he's a pusher or she's a pusher and say, give me this pill. But that's what's happening today. Follow the money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where does this passion come from? Well, because we're we're on the verge of a climate apocalypse, and it's so frustrating to see people feeling victimized by, look at Fort Myers. My first job out of college was at Fort Myers, Florida. I loved that area, Sanibel, Captiva, and yeah. I've gone back there numerous times, and look, it was wiped out by a hurricane. Now, those people may be victims, okay, officially, but in some other sense, they're participants if they're contributing to climate change. And I don't want anybody to see their house wiped out by a flood or here in California where the wildfires, I have a friend who every house on his block burned down except his and he can't live in his. I mean, this is LA. This happened like a 20 minute drive from where I live. It's not happening in some faraway place. I live near the beach. The rising seas uh, concern me as somebody who lives here. You know, 
it's the rising temperatures. You know, I read an article about UPS workers fainting because they're walking around in this 100, 110 degree heat and they're holding big boxes and they're collapsing on the ground. It's not hypothetical or theoretical anymore. It's happening now. Even and this is a bipartisan problem. Uh, neither party is yeah. good on this. Um, even the UN. I mean, we Unchained TV was the only news organization that had a reporter at the COP26 conference in Glasgow, Scotland, where we sent our reporter into the cafeteria to videotape the actual food they were serving. They served ham sandwiches, but. Interestingly, they put the carbon price tag on every item they serve. So the Washington Post, which is not a vegan organization by any means, wrote an article saying, wait a second, uh, UN, if the, the ham sandwich had such a higher carbon price tag than the vegan option, why did you even serve it? They wrote an article essentially asking that question. So this is what we're asking. It's like the problem is the... Government has been co-opted by the meat and dairy industry. The head of the USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture, is a dairy industry trade group leader, Tom Vilsack. I mean, yeah, it's, listen, we we here on In Your Mouth, and by we, I mean the royal we, me, right, uh, are, are, believe climate change is real, right? And I personally try to do my part as much as I can, even though I am not vegan, Um but I'm not a heavy meat eater, I would, I would venture to say. Um, try to do my part to help this situation. I think, I think we're in a place, I think we're in a place nationally here in, in the Americas that where the news cycle, because of, perhaps because of the result of number 45, has been so over, overwhelming if if i may say that it's 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 become a lot right i i feel like i in talking to my friends and talking to everybody it's just like oh the news cycle is a lot the news cycle is a lot the news cycle is a lot you know it's part of the reason why this podcast came to be as a break from the news cycle right but here we are talking about climate change and and trying to do our part and trying to and with this sense of the news being a lot and us and us hearing this on a daily and knowing that we need to do, but maybe not necessarily doing enough, I guess what's the I guess what I'm trying to ask you here is what's the answer in in changing people's minds? How do we get everybody on board? Well, I'd say it's a process, not an event. And I welcome everyone, including you, wherever you are on the journey. I wasn't born vegan. I was in a we thought we were kind of vegetarian. That was before the yeah. word vegan ever even was around. Um, but we we were not. And so it's a process, not an event. I don't uh, castigate myself for uh, not being born vegan. So, you know, we're not here to pass judgment. I'm not the vegan police running around checking belts to see if they're made from leather or not. <laughs> what we're trying to do is just... But it would, be, it would be really funny if you did. We could do like a Billy on the streets uh, of it and just run around and look at people. Are you wearing that? <laughs> is that real leather? <laughs> we did that. We, did it. we had something called vegan improv and we did this whole fun thing where we showed up a friend of ours has cop cars. Don't ask why. He's eccentric. And we showed up in these cop cars and we went in and we handcuffed the woman to the kitchen table and then we found the body in the freezer. It was kind of a funny, funny little takeoff on that. But, um, you know, we have a good sense of humor. And 
uh, we just, you know, when you see the solution to so many of the world's problems that lies in this very simple shift that we can all do three times a day, um, it, it, it's kind of maddening. It, I love that movie, Don't Look Up, right? Where this yeah. woman gets on the set and goes, there's a meteor coming. And, and the newscaster is like, you're so strident. Chill out, lady. And she's like, but, but, but. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like, there is a solution out there. And I don't have any human children, okay? When I go, I go, but I feel a, a moral and ethical responsibility to to kind of try to wake the world up because, again, it's not a sacrifice, okay? It's actually something that is fun, tastes great, and all these things that society tells you, just like when women... We're fighting for the right to vote. Well, it's going to put men out of work. Well, children are going to be neglected in the home. You know, there's all this scare tactics anytime you try to improve the culture. And that's just one example. Yeah. Uh, those scare tactics are phony vegan baloney. Yeah, I, I think what I'm getting at here is that we hear this uh, like you're so you're so passionate and you're so knowledgeable and and factual and. And I'm absolutely here for it. But sometimes, sometimes I think because of what we've been through, especially within the last, like, I don't know, five years or so, I, I think people are tired. And I just, I'm, tr I'm trying to find the solution and a way that's accessible, accessible to, not to say that you're not accessible, right? Because you, I, I have access to you, right? I'm nobody, oh, right? Too, Even I'm to I'm a limited right. degree, darling. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like an accessible way where, where people aren't exhausted and people aren't like, oh, here we go again. This is this thing, and here we go again. It's it's war, and here we go again. It's climate change, and here we go. You know what I mean? In the sense of like. Every time we're bogged down and it's it's our own faults that we're bogged down because we as as a people let this happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and now that we're bogged down with these problems, we're like, oh, this is so oh, much like can't this when just... women wanted the right to vote. Men were going, oh, my God, I've got to deal with this, too. Now I have enough you problems know? at work and my daughter wants to marry someone who's not of her status. And now I've got to deal yeah. with my wife wanting the right to vote. Oh, my God. Think about it. Think about your rationalization yeah. and put it in a historical context and see if it holds up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like throwing that tennis ball, right? Because I'm such a sportsman right back at you. <laughs> right, just to figure out, just to figure out, to figure out a shift, an attitudinal shift. For example, the National Institutes of Health has said that the vast, the global majority, particularly people of color, are allergic to dairy. They are lactose intolerant. The National Institute of Health says that. And yet we force our children to drink the breast milk of cows, even though it creates a host of problems that then they've got to go to the doctor and get treated for, whether it's dandruff or acne or sinus conditions. All of those things could be. Dairy is the devil to me. Yeah. So Dairy, I, 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 I am ninety eight percent dairy free. Sometimes I can't resist a good Manchego, but that's that's my own fault, um, right? Call, listen, my name in high school was was sugar, salt, and fat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and you know, 
it's like, here's the thing is that I tell people, stop defending your right to be oppressed, okay? Because the people who eat this diet are the suckers, okay? The 0.1% that is getting fabulously wealthier and wealthier off of this, they've got their private chefs, okay? Their kids are eating healthy, and they have contempt for their customers. They do not care whether their customers get sick. If they did, they would change because it's pretty much scientifically proven that how Americans are eat, are eating now, it's reducing our longevity. For the first time, we have a, a worse longevity than our parents. So, you know, there's this idea that this is a personal choice and you don't take it away from me, but actually that's just you being brainwashed. I call it the meat matrix. And what we try to do at Unchained TV with more than 800 videos, documentaries, cooking shows, we even did a reality show called Pig Little Lies, which is super fun. The world's first reality show starring a family of pigs, Dante and Beatrice, named after the f- famous medieval love poem, yeah. Dante's Inferno. And it's super cute and fun. But what we try to say is that this isn't just a personal choice. And it's a personal choice that's hurting you. You, it's not in your self-interest any more than it was in my self-interest to drink excessively. I thought I was unique and I was expressing my right to be different and it was my choice, but actually all addiction creates wreckage, okay? All of it. And the wreckage we're seeing from the unhealthy um, status of the American population, these kids are doomed growing up already suffering from obesity, uh, type 2 diabetes. This is not fair to them. And these kids are are brainwashed into being frightened of vegetables. I remember I, I don't have kids, but there was somebody I was dating who had a son who happened to be vegan in the football team, very fit. He brought his friend over who was a very overweight kid. And uh, we were serving vegan food and the child started to cry. He didn't want to eat it. And I said, well, here, eat it. It's good food. He started to cry. It was so demonized to him that the very idea of eating some fruits, some vegetables, a very pretty plate of vegetables, and he, he felt that we were doing something to him. And I just, my mind was blown. I was like, whoa. I said, well, what do you eat normally? Well, we have pizza and burgers. Well, look at this poor kid. Is that fair to him? I mean, it's this everlasting problem that just keeps getting worse, I think. And uh, again, I'm just gonna, I, I keep going back into that, uh, that a problem where America's weighed down with all these problems that some, somehow we've all created and that we've all thrown into the mix. And there's no, there's no easy and tangible solution. I mean, there is one, but, but there isn't, but there isn't, not everybody's unified on the solution and so what's the solution to unify people i want to take a break right here right and <laughs> and clean up the wreckage and, <laughs> and and lighten this and lighten this up a little right because i want uh, i want us to go get a seltzer water and and, <laughs> and some pita and hummus right um <laughs> and we're gonna be right back with my favorite part and your favorite part of the podcast 
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, Jane, I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Update. Food News. Food news. Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. Clam Onaise, a new clam flavored mayonnaise, has free prizes hidden inside. <laughs> oh dear. What are those prizes? And I don't want them. But I do like Hellman's vegan mayonnaise. Um, you know what? The vegan mayonnaise and Hidden Valley came out with a vegan ranch that I have been searching up, down, left, and right for because I I am a Hidden Valley girl, but I don't I don't eat it because of the dairy of it all. Um, but I would imagine it's delicious as well. But I thought this was really funny. And thank you to Food and Wine, who's not a sponsor, but always keeps me in the know for all my food news. I'm trying to be you, Jane, <laughs> on CNN. <laughs> this is this started as a joke from the makers of Cards Against Humanity, and apparently it took it took the internet by storm, and now the people uh, who made Cards Against Humanity um, are selling a clam flavored mayonnaise called Clamonaise. <laughs> Maybe calamity maze. Calamity maze. I mean, <laughs> clam mayo. Now. You ate fish at one point in your yes, life. You know, I like I like a clam. I wouldn't choose a clam. They're not my favorite, right? Like this doesn't sound good to me. Well, I'm happy as a clam. Right? And I mean the like if you buy one, apparently you get like this special deck for cards against humanity and there's um some sort of like prize, kind of like a cracker jack box. But and it's a mystery prize submerged deep inside the mayonnaise. Now, what I want to know is why would you want something like hidden in your food that's inedible? Like at least in at least in Cracker Jacks, it's like sealed, like this yeah. little sealed thing that's aside. But like this is sitting in the mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, I think this was like some kind of corporate retreat where they had a little too much. Chardonnay came up with this concept, which, you know, is unique. Let's give it that. Let's give it that. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe they all just like when uh, marijuana got legalized in one of these states, right? They all went out and like got real stoned and they were like, you know what? Clamonades. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? (laughs) The sad part about it is I'm sure it's selling like hotcakes. You can't find it anywhere and they're probably reselling it on eBay for like hundreds of dollars because that's what happens in the world today. I don't think we're here for this at all. I think it's (laughs) going to become a refrigerated collector's item. 
Yeah, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Alaska cancels snow crab season for the first time ever. The State Department of Fish and Game says populations have declined by 90% in two years. I thought this was very apropos for you being here. Have you heard about this? Yes, I have. You know, and we have a crisis in our oceans. I talked to Captain Paul Watson of Sea Shepherd, and, you know, he says we've really got to uh, stop overfishing. And, you know, the the giant trawlers that take the nets, that take everything. I mean, they don't care if they get dolphins or turtles. It's just killing the oceans. And the great news is there are alternatives. You know, I was in London. I went to a pub that had tofush and chips. And it looked like fish and chips. It tasted like fish and chips, but it was made from soy and breaded with a little bit of nori, which adds that seafood component. So honestly, in a lot of these very sophisticated uh, products, and I'm having vegan crab cakes for lunch. I've already taken them out of the freezer. Um, You can't tell the difference. So if you can save the oceans, you can um, avoid all that killing of crabs. Yes, crabs, even crabs, right? You know what's interesting about this? Lobsters alive. Like, why, why do we have to do that? You know, I used to love Annie Hall, but for a lot of reasons, I'm not crazy about that movie anymore. Uh, and one of them is that they had the lobsters running around in the kitchen. So when I have my new vegan pair of glasses, I see that scene and it's not funny to me anymore, even though once upon a time it was. Um, you know, what's really interesting about this uh, article, right, that because CBS News was reporting on this and then Food and Wine picked it up, is that um, a lot of it is like, we don't know why this is happening And uh, in 2021, when they surveyed, we saw the largest decline we've ever seen in the snow crab population, which was very startling, I think, for everyone. The ADF and G area management biologist Miranda Westfall told the Alaska Public Media, it wasn't something we expected. We were expecting to have this record recruitment come through the population And then they go on to say that this is so unbelievable that this is happening. We have third-generation fishermen who are going to go out of business. Yeah, see, here's the thing. The government's been co-opted by industry, so they're not looking out for what's coming down the pike. We, the consumer, have to look out for ourselves. So I was. we do weekly interviews. I have my own podcast, and I interviewed Mm -hmm. a water expert who's not vegan, but he said— What's going to happen is you're going to have to choose. Do you want to eat meat or do you want to have a glass of water? Because uh, animal agriculture contributes mightily to drought. It also contributes mightily to pollution. The the excrement of these million, we have more than 2 million cows here in California. The excrement uh, is polluting our yeah, oceans. The gas emissions. N- not just the methane emissions, but also their excrement. It's cities worth of Manure. They produce so much more manure. So uh, that's getting into our oceans and our streams and polluting the waters. And uh, talk about right a now, shit storm. Exactly. <laughs> at, at Port Reyes National Seashore. And guess what? The powers that be still back the dairy industry up there that's causing all this pollution, even though they don't contribute as much to the economy as the tourists who go to Point Reyes National Seashore to see the beautiful tule elk who are dying of lack of water. And when animal lovers go in there to give them water, they try to arrest them. 
This is the upside down world we're living in. So I say, wake up because it's coming down the pike. Um, yeah. Look, in Kansas, and of course it wasn't reported on television, uh, somebody on TikTok got a shot of, of thousands and thousands of cows that were just dead with their legs uh, legs in the air. You can find it on TikTok. Um, what happened was the cows died because it was too hot. Now, uh, I know because I talked to ranchers and farmers who are trying to transition out of animal agriculture. Um, they, they don't like to talk about it publicly because they're afraid of being blackballed. They're also treated like indentured servants. They're, they're sending their herds in to be slaughtered because the price of hay has gotten exponentially high. Now, they say, well, it's a result of the Ukraine war, but actually it's also the result of climate change. When the temperature hits a certain point, we will have massive crop failure. And how is that going to manifest? You're going to go into your supermarket. You're not going to see any food. And that's not me saying it. That's an IPCC reviewer saying that in an interview. I'm directly quoting him. International I mean, uh, panel. We saw on- something like this. We saw something like this during the pandemic, too, with the meat shortages and everything else as well, because everyone was getting sick and and things just went awry. They went awry because the slaughterhouse workers were getting a COVID at a higher rate, mostly, almost exclusively people, communities of color supplying the, the workers who actually kill the animals while their non uh, minority managers were able to stay home and work remotely. Absolutely. Jane, we went from snow crabs to slaughterhouses uh, during Food News Update, and that's a first, honey. We are certainly not here for the extinction of these snow crabs and uh, and the harvesting of them either. And last but not least, Jane, a California man files a lawsuit after noticing that Texas Pete hot sauce isn't made in Texas. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that that is... Uh, an example of how marketing really does not reflect reality. I come from an advertising background. My father was a chairman of an advertising agency on Madison Avenue. Okay, so I know what goes on behind the curtain. And do you think any of these people have ever asked, is this a good product? Should we be promoting it? No. (laughs) It's delicious. Do you not like Texas beet hot sauce? It's vegan. Come on. (laughs) I, I do have hot sauce. I just bought something. And after I bought it, it said, Siete. And I thought, oh, and it is super hot because it's uh, Siete on a scale of one to 10. Um, So I like a little hot sauce goes a long way. I mean, Texas beet is delicious. It it kind of tastes like a Frank's, right? It's like that. It's like that vinegar based cayenne pepper hot sauce. Like, let me say this to bring it back to my subject. You know, we don't eat meat off the street. Like if we were carnivores, if we saw roadkill, we'd salivate and want to eat that roadkill right there. We're not carnivores. We have to dress up our flesh in order to want to consume it. And so we use all of these spices. I use a lot of the same spices, but I'm using it on tofu. I'm using it on seitan. I'm using it on all sorts of uh, plant-based alternatives. So it's really the spices. We know that soy adopts whatever flavor is brought to it. So I have all those spices that you buy or anybody else buys at the supermarket to dress up their meat. I just use it to dress up soy. And it, it it's very similar in taste. Yeah, of course. I mean, this this back to this lawsuit though. I think people just try to try to get a money grab wherever they can, right? Cuz this company has been in in business for 90 years and I don't think 
I don't think I was ever under the inception the I don't actually ever think that I thought about where Texas Pete came from. I just know that I liked the way it tasted. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Like, for example, we think Smithfield is an all-American company, right? They make the hot dogs out of the pigs. Yeah. No, it's Chinese-owned. It's a Chinese company. Oh. I, I once again never never even thought about it. <laughs> and with that, I think that's the best way to end food news update. Before we close out, Jane, I really want to dive into the glory and the beauty that is Unchained TV. You spoke a little bit about this uh pig family reality TV show, Chef Chris Tucker from Field. Yeah. Huh? From, yeah. Yes. Uh, was on. Him. Yeah. Was on. He's a he's a friend to the pod as well. T- tell me more about why we need uh, a plant based uh, streaming service. Well, because people aren't getting this information from the mainstream media. And I know I was in the mainstream media for, well, I usually chop the first 10 years off. OK, but many decades <laughs> at this point. And um it, it's not brain surgery. You just look at the commercials, you figure out who pays the bills, who's keeping the lights on. So you're not getting these alternatives, right? And so I will be happy to say that Tabitha Brown got a show on Food Network. She's a, a, a fabulous yeah. comedian and chef, and she's got, it's comp, it's complicated. It's complicated, uh, but it's a fun vegan cooking contest. We have Peeled, which is a very fun vegan cooking competition. We also have New Day, New Chef, which is an award-winning. We produced it ourselves with a an Emmy-winning producer. It's won two Taste Awards, considering the uh, considered the Oscars of food. And we have a slew of celebrities on there. And uh, Billie Eilish even does a cameo because she's vegan and her mom's vegan. And so what we're seeing is a very slow cultural change. The reason I started Unchained TV is that so many people are putting out great documentaries and cooking shows. And they have these dreams that, oh, I'm going to get on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Our cooking shows actually are also on Amazon Prime. However, a lot of them don't make it there. We want to give people an opportunity to see this vital information so that they can save their own lives. Uh, really everything, so much of society's ills could be solved with this one shift, okay? Uh, For example, even the rampant depression. Do you know that your serotonin levels are determined by your gut biome? And what determines your gut biome? What you eat. So when you're eating a whole food plant-based diet, uh, wow, that affects your gut biome and it affects your serotonin levels. I experience it myself. Yes, we've created vegan junk food because that's what people said. What do you eat? Grass? I want this. I want that. Okay, we'll make it for you. Then, well, it's processed. See how they try to put you in a no-win situation? Well, every, look, if I take a banana and a mango and I put it in a Cuisinart for for 30 seconds, it's processed. All processed is not created equal. Processed meat is officially cancer-causing. Processed veggies, not cancer-causing. So there's yes, but back a big to difference. Unchained TV, because this is yeah. what I want to celebrate yes. here, is yes. like uh, just the programming of it all and where and what, like the, the fabulous things that you're putting out. Like I'm really interested in this like pig reality TV show where you where you follow where you follow these rescued pigs around and like their trials and tribulations, right? That sounds like a lot of fun to me. Peeled, we've heard about uh 
via Chef Chris Tucker. Sounds like so much fun to me and sounds like such a great idea. And uh, back to my point before the break of making this a little bit more accessible and attainable and a little bit, for lack of a better word, relatable. Yes, relatable. That's why we did the reality show. We don't want to just lecture people. We don't, that finger wagging worked, we'd all be plant-based by now. We want to get people in the tent and let them connect the dots. You know, therapists say, uh, yeah, when I went into my therapist years ago, he probably knew right off the bat what my problems were in the first 45 minutes, but it only took me seven years to figure it out. Okay. But when they wait till you connect the dots so that bingo, you can have the epiphany or uh, to put it another way, they say when you're ready to hear something, you go down to your hairdresser and you'll hear what you need to hear, right? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. So we're trying to offer this information for people who are like, something's wrong, something's not right, it doesn't feel right. Because on some level, everybody knows what they're doing. I'll give you an example. Uh, there was a big news story where a woman was at a fast food joint and she was eating something. She opened the bun and there was a nipple on the processed meat slice. And she screamed and ran around and everybody was like, oh my God. Well, what did she, who did she think she was eating? See, she suddenly broke out of the meat matrix and got to the other side and got to look at the same exact activity from a different standpoint. And she was horrified. We have disconnected who we're eating so much, but we are paying the price because the reptilian brain is aware on some level that this is happening. And even though we shy away from the horrible videos of these animals being, you know, brutally processed, if you did do a dog for a week, what they do to 80 billion animals, uh, you'd be arrested. But if a company, a giant company does it, that's somehow just business. And uh, there are laws to try to prevent that from being criminalized. Right now, Proposition 12 uh, is a law that was passed here in California that prevents the sale of meat from animals kept in extreme confinement, like pig gestation crates, which are crates that mother pigs are kept in the size of their bodies. They can't turn around. They can't scratch themselves. They go psychotic. They bite, they bite on the uh, bars in front of them to the point where they break their teeth. They, they go mad, just as you would uh, if you were kept in a crate the size of your body. It's a, it's a tomb, a living tomb. And the pork industry is going to, has just gone to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Now, the, the people of California voted overwhelmingly, 63%, to pass this, okay? And yet, they're not listening to the consumers, all right? They want to go to the Supreme Court and do an end run around this. And I'm ashamed to say that the administration, the current administration is siding with the pork producers, which is really shameful in my opinion. So, um, well, well we, it's a money grab, but is this, is this something, is this also part of the news cycle that's on Unchained TV? Is it, is it all just plant-based news? Like you're giving us now, or are we getting a variety? Like I'm saying, we're getting the competition show. We're getting, we're getting the documentaries. We're getting, some plant-based news like what you're giving us. We're getting, you know, I, I'm trying to give the audience a full scope of what Unchained oh, TV yeah. is. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so I was a live reporter, TV host, anchor for my whole mm-hmm. career. So I'm very comfortable live. We've just gotten the live capability and we're going live. We went live for 16 hours straight on a trial of two men 
who were facing 11 years in prison from rescue for rescuing two sick piglets from a giant factory farm in Utah. Guess what? They wouldn't even let them, the uh, two men, one of them decided to represent himself. He's a former constitutional law professor. They wouldn't even let them play video of the alleged crime in progress because they felt that it would be so traumatizing to the jury that they might make an emotional decision. Nonetheless, the jurors in this very conservative Utah agrarian community acquitted both defendants on all charges. The people are kind. It's not the people who are evil. It's not the consumers. It's the system. And how do we change the system by each and every person taking back the power, which is the consumer dollars you spend for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You have the power, and we have the power to take it back and say, no, this is not what we are going to support. Every Every food choice we make is definitely a political and environmental and an ethical decision, not just a personal choice. You know, people say to me, it's a personal choice. Everything's a personal choice. If I chose to drive the wrong way down the 405, that's a personal choice, but it's not just a personal choice. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great place to like wrap it up in this beautiful, beautiful bow. I want to thank you so much for coming on and giving me of your time. I'm so honored to have you know, your your grand presence here. I, I'm so honored to get to know you. And I mean, legendary, the legendary Jane Velez Mitchell. Here. That usually means old, but I'll take it. <laughs> no, you're an, oh, you're an OG journalist, you know? Uh, first Jane Velez Mitchell, next David Muir, you know? Yeah. All right, all right. We'll get him on. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Tell, well, we all know that we can find Unchained TV as an app and anywhere you stream anything. Tell the kids where they can find you if they want more information about you. Give them the Instagram handle, the websites, give give the people everything. You can actually go online to unchainedtv.com and just click watch now. And it's an online portal to the app. So you can watch. You can also get it on your phone. And again, if you have an Amazon Fire Stick or an Apple TV device or a Roku device, it's very fun to watch it on the your TV screen, because we do have a lot of fun documentaries. It's not all doom and gloom, please. Um, Yeah. And uh, on Instagram, we're unchained underscore TV. And we're also on TikTok. And, you know, we're just uh, expanding daily. I've just been to several galas. Last night I was at a PETA gala and uh, James Cromwell was there. And previous I was at a Mercy for Animals gala interviewing Oh, uh, uh, a whole bunch of celebrities. Before that, I was at a Last Chance for Animals gala, Priscilla Presley. We just did an interview with Priscilla Presley. Um, We did an interview with uh, the woman who is the original Cindy Brady on the Brady Bunch. There were so many celebrities. So this is a this is a movement that is really big amongst celebrities in Hollywood and internationally. I love that. I love that. Well, you know what? There is a font of information and um, and tons of great programming, it sounds like, to be found through Unchained TV. In your mouth, listeners, go show Jane Velez Mitchell all the love via her Unchained TV outlet. And you can also support Friend to the Pod, whom we love, 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 Chris Tucker on the all-new competition show, Peeled. Um, we love that as well. Big shout out to you again, Jane, for coming on to the pod and giving me of your time. I'm so honored to have you here again. In your mouth, listeners, 
listeners, it's a great day. It's a great day. And after you go subscribe to Unchained TV, make sure you head to Netflix and watch Easy Bake Battle starring yours truly. Um, and watch me and watch me compete for for the money, honey. Um, because it's it's a great watch. Um, other than that, have a great week, and I am so excited for what the future holds. And with that, all I have to say is, and as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth!